So two weeks ago, two weeks ago, John, Pastor John was preaching, and uh, by schedule and by plan, and, and he called me on, or not called me, but contacted me on, I think it was Tuesday, saying, uh, I, I have a cold, I'm not sure if it's COVID, I'm going to get tested, but you might want to have something ready just in case. And I looked at my schedule, thought I'd better jump on this, so I, I jumped on it that day and started working on a message, and got pretty far on it, and, and uh, then he came back and says, yeah, I'm fine, I'm, I've been tested, everything's fine. So I said, well, good, i got a head start on this. And then he went and used virtually every passage <laughs> that I had lined up. And the next way, next day... Dan Shumway, next Sunday, Dan Shumway was scheduled to preach. And on Wednesday, he says, by the way, Steve, I might have to plow. I've been looking at the forecast. I might have to plow Sunday morning. You better have something prepared. And so I looked at this message, and I said, well, it'll be two weeks. I'm going to still work on the same one. And then Dan came back. He was here. He says, yeah, I, 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 my schedule freed up. And then he used. <laughs> And I said, you know what? I don't care. I'm using them again. <laughs> and and uh, John used them as an introduction to Christ. I'm using them very similarly as an announcement, birth announcements. Uh, birth announcements today are not what they were back in the day because today it's all social media, right? And, and, uh, and before the baby's born, it is a boy. His name will be... Bob, he will be born on this day. He'll be this big, and by no, I don't, I don't go quite that far. But but you know, in the in the day, remember anybody remember getting birth announcement cards, right? And you fill out the card, and it contains the vital statistics. You wait till the child is born, because in those days, you didn't know until it was born, right? What what it was going to be. And, and by the way, uh, you know what it's going to be. You know it's, it is a boy or a girl, uh, but uh, you you don't know. We're going to look at God's birth announcements and find out He did it differently than us. And I remember when, when Josh and Ben were born, uh, it, was, it, was a, a, it was traumatic for me, let alone Joan, <laughs> but uh, we didn't know because it was military. We're talking about 77, I think. Is that right? 70, 78. 78. And uh, yeah, they are. And, and uh, military, and we didn't know they were twins. Right, let alone that that they were boys or anything like that, and so so I'm going home from the hospital, and I cannot hardly contain myself. I'm the father of twin boys, <laughs> right? And and I I pulled in. It's the middle of the night. I pull in at, at 7-Eleven, and what do I? What do you know? Sergeant Forney works at 7-Eleven. I had no idea. Sergeant Forney, guess what? I have twin boys, and he's like, "That's nice. Calm down." <laughs> And when Rachel was born, it wasn't nearly the drama, but, but I remember uh, had to let everybody know. And so we did the birth announcements things, but on the, on the, on the, on the window, I, I used masking tape, and I wrote in great big letters, it's a girl, you know, because I wanted everybody to know. It's, you want to announce your baby, because why? Because you're excited about the baby. You want everybody to know that. Okay, God will, God announced his baby. He started announcing his baby way ahead. And today we're going to look at the announcements he made way ahead. We're going to look at the announcements he made at the time. And the thing about God's announcements is he included some things. For instance, our announcements don't include things like, uh, and he will grow up and be a doctor. <laughs> and she will be a lawyer. He will be a good husband. She will have four kids of her own, right? We don't, our birth announcements don't include the really important stuff because all we can say is what we know. It's a girl. 
She's eight pounds, three ounces, and 19 and a half inches long, and uh, appears to have hair. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 uh, we, we know very little, but God knew those things. And as we look at the birth announcements of Christ, we find Christ revealed. Now, we're excited when we have babies, because they just are. Babies are exciting. They are a tremendous blessing, and we take great joy in them, even though we don't know what they're going to grow up to be. <laughs> I'm saying that in a hopeful way, right? Uh, we, we, but, but God, as we look at God's birth announcements, we find things of Christ displayed. And, and as we do, we find... So much more. God is not simply telling us, I'm going to have a son. He's telling us, and he will be. And this is what he will be like. And we have, Christmas is about a baby who is going to be, or did become, and was already, all of these things. And this is our opportunity to learn not about Jesus the, Jesus the baby, but Jesus the Messiah, Jesus the Son of God. Okay, so we're going to start with the category one, I'm going to have a son. I'm going to start with Isaiah. And uh, those of you who, who wondered, why did he skip these when he was going through Isaiah? It's because I had a plan. Uh, I knew I was, Christmas was coming, and I didn't want to hit Isaiah 7 and 9 uh, with Christmas coming. I'm saving it for Christmas. And so we went by it, and we passed by these two very clear prophecies of Christ. Isaiah 7, verse 14 is our first one. Uh, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. And then he goes off onto related subjects. But chapter 7, verse 14 tells us he will be born of a virgin, which, by the way, creates a conflict of two sciences, right? You have the science of biology that says it ain't happening. And you have the science of theology that says, oh, yes, it is. And here's the thing is, once upon a time, theology was called the queen of sciences, right? It was, it was considered the most beautiful of sciences. But then, when, today, it's not considered a true science at all. It's considered one of those faith things that doesn't, isn't, doesn't need to be based on reality. And so biology today would be considered the real science that we trust. And theology is that thing for those people who choose to believe it, it's okay, Right? That's, that's the scientific way of thinking it. Biology is real and theology is not. But when the two come into conflict, guess which one wins? <laughs> because theology wins. The science of biology says it can happen. And the science of theology tells us not just it did happen, but it tells us so much more. Because uh, it, it's kind of interesting because Mike went to Romans 5.12. And Mike, you're doing the same thing John and Dan did. <laughs> Romans 5, I have it written right here, Romans 5.12, okay? Uh, just in case anybody thinks I'm trying to steal his thunder, he stole mine, okay? <laughs> Romans 5, verse 12, tells us something interesting. It tells us sin entered through Adam, right? Romans 5.12, therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and death spread to all and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. The, the science of biology, uh, the science of theology says sin descends from the man. You go, wait a minute, I'm not sure, sure I get that from that all. Adam, uh, Romans 5, 12, I just read. Romans 50, 5, 15 through 19 runs with the same subject. But the free gift is not like the transgression. For if by the transgression of the one the many died, much more did the grace of God and the gift of the great gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to the many. 
The gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For on the one hand, judgment arose from one transgression, resulting in condemnation. But on the other hand, the free gift arose from the many transgressions, resulting in justification. For if by the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Uh, So then, as through one transgression there resulted condemnation to all men, Even so, through one act of righteousness, there resulted justification of life to all men. For as through the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. Even so, through the obedience of one, the many will be made righteousness. And how many times did we hear, through the one man's sin, many were condemned. Through the one man's sin, death was handed down. Through the one man came condemnation for everybody. Sin came through Adam. Sin came through the man. Uh, But Eve, on the other hand, we go all the way back to when that sin happened in Genesis chapter 3. And we find a promise, not made to Eve, but a promise made to the, the serpent, right? Speaking to the serpent, he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. And he talks about the woman's seed is going to come along and bruise that serpent fatally. Well, the devil's going to burn in hell is what he's going to do. But uh, uh, he's going to bruise the head. He's going to do that, the, ser- the seed of the woman. And so we find that a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son. It will be the seed of the woman, but not of the man. And we find, we find wow, this theology thing is actually kind of complicated. <laughs> it's like you've got to be able to follow this stuff. But theology is a science, and it is the science that is accurate and correct. And God is telling us something in this birth announcement in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. A virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son. He's telling us, my son will be sinless. Wouldn't that be something to put on your birth announcement? Uh, he's he, he, he's uh, five pounds, or not five pounds. I was five pounds something. Back in those days, that wasn't considered unhealthy. <laughs> but uh, you know, he, will, he will be seven pounds, 12 ounces, 19 and a half inches long. I'm going to stick with that number. And, and by the way, he will be sinless, or he is sinless, right? You can try that. Try that on your birth announcement. And half the world, two-thirds of the world, three-quarters of the world is going to say, yeah, that's right, because we're all born sinless. But there's those of us who understand theology and going to say, no, that's not the way we're born. And, uh, but God was able to say that. So we flip ahead in Isaiah to Isaiah chapter 9 to the next. And, and what I think is, it's, it's, it's like I, I want to say, this is the most awesome Christmas passage. But then there's others I will say that about. And I, I finally land on Philippians chapter 2, which doesn't talk really about his birth at all. Uh, but that's uh, uh, it's my best favorite Christmas passage. And I don't think I have that in my notes today. Anyway, Isaiah chapter 9, verses 9 through 7, 7 through 9, sorry, 5 through, I'll get this down, 6 and 7. But a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or, or of peace on the throne of David, and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. And he's telling us, oh, by the way, it's going to be a boy. (laughs) A son is going to be born to us. It's going to be a boy. But he gives two descriptions that could be human. Wonderful counselor, uh, uh, prince of peace. Those could be human descriptions. You know, a person could be called that. But no human can be called everlasting father. Right? No, no human can be called everlasting father. No human can be called mighty God. 
And so he's got these descriptions of, of, of both God and man being, and God is making in his announcement, I'm, my son is going to be born, and he is going to be God, and he is going to be man. And, and it says a lot more in there, because it says that the government will be on his shoulders, it will be a peaceful government, it will be awesome. Uh, he tells us all sorts of things about it in there. This is a birth announcement set 700 years before he's born, and he's going to be God and man, so he's going to be sinless, he's going to be God and man. And we start looking at this Jesus this baby in the manger, and we, sh we should start going, uh, wow, this is, this is amazing. I mean, it's amazing anyway, but it, it, it grows. And, and so those are the two Isaiah ones. I have some non-Isaiah ones. Uh, Daniel chapter 9, this one uh, tells us about Jesus. Not, it, it doesn't sound like it's giving us a birth uh, schedule or anything, but it is. Uh, Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 and 25. Seventy weeks have been decreed for your people and your holy city, to finish the transgression, to make an end of sin, to make an atonement for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. And so we can clearly understand we're, we're having Jesus described here because only Jesus makes an end of, to fin finish his transgression, makes an end of sin, brings atonement for iniquity, and brings in everlasting righteousness, right? Uh, so that you know, so then he goes on to this. He says, so you are to know and discern from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. It will be built again with a plaza and a moat in times of distress. We have these 69 weeks or 69 weeks of years from the issuing of decree. And he's not talking about when the baby will be born, but when the, the anointed one will accomplish his tasks. But you, give a, you get a definite ballpark figure from Daniel of when it's going to happen. And, and there is a message for us in that as well, that this is part of a plan. This is, this is not one of those oopsie babies, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we go, oh, oh no, this is, this is a planned baby. You know, I'm one of nine. Mom says the last one was planned. <laughs> I'm, not that, I'm not that one. <laughs> they, they could have put it on. This is an oopsie baby, but uh, he is not. Jesus was planned. This, this is all part of a plan. God is not saying, oh no, what are we going to do? These people keep messing up my plan. I'm going to have to come up with another idea. This was God's plan from the beginning. Uh, and we find the time of his birth, and it, that includes all the things he's going to accomplish, but it also, we get that idea that this is a planned birth. Micah chapter 5 verse 2 uh, is, is the one we see on the Christmas cards. This is the one, uh, let's see, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah. I have to walk through it, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Micah chapter 5, verse 2. This is the one we find on Christmas cards. But thou, Bethlehem, uh, Ephrathah, though, or however you pronounce that, too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you one will go forth from me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. Right? And so we have the place of his birth, and that's the part we always focus on. Aha, Micah tells us it's Bethlehem, right, uh, Sunday school class? Micah, <laughs> if you weren't there, you don't know what I'm talking about, so that's just too bad. Uh, but but uh, Micah tells us that, but he says this, his goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. And for those who think Jesus began when he was born, <laughs> that Jesus became the Son of God when he was born in Bethlehem, no, you don't understand. Jesus was from eternity, from of old, uh, from long ago, his goings forth, and he was born in Bethlehem. So, so, and what does it tell us? Among other things, it tells us uh, Jesus, Jesus was a real human being. He, he really lived. He was really born, right? He didn't just somehow appear about it. Uh, he, is, he is real. 
Real birth, real time, real place, right? For, for people who want to make Jesus something less, who want to turn him into a fictional character or, or a legendary character or, or something like that. No, real birth, real time, real place, all of these things. Everything about Jesus is real, among other things, these birth announcements. Okay, let's go to some New Testament birth announcements. Matthew. Matthew, we have the birth announcement to Joseph, the, the not father. <laughs> and, and it's kind of funny, because uh, poor Joseph, you know, the good guy, the carpenter, poor Joseph is, is going to marry this girl. And, and if you ever watch the, the story, uh, the nativity story, the movie, it's, it's, we watch it every year. And uh, there's a line in here where he's talking to Mary before he's had his dream with the angel. And he says, Mary, do you know why I picked you? Because you're a woman of integrity. And, and he's implying that, man, did she let him down, right? When, of course, we know she hasn't. But, but you, we, we can start to understand. There, there's a, um, oh, what's the word? I was trying this. There, I came across a video on, on YouTube, something Mark Smith pointed out to me. It's called, uh, it's not a Facebook nativity. It's a, a, a it's not internet. It's it's anyway. It's 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 all through text messages, or not text. It's like a, like the readings on a Facebook post. If you, if you and and it's, it starts with Joseph saying something like, "Hey, I'm going to be married to to a wonderful woman." And Mary posts, "I hope you're talking about me." <laughs> you know, so, so and, and it just goes through, and it looks so natural. And then it starts getting into this story, right? And, and you start read, and it just is it, cause you should find it if you could think of the name of it to look it up. Because uh, I'm I'm falling short, but uh, it's uh, it's it's well worth it. It's funny because in a, because it's in a modern way, I think it helps you to see some things more clearly that maybe you did. But we get Joseph's idea. Joseph doesn't doesn't get it, right? So Matthew chapter one, starting at verse eighteen. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as followed follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. It's like, wow, because he could have chosen to punish her, right? Guys, how do you feel about this, right? What are you going to do? Your betrothed, whom you have not come together with, says, oh, by the way, I'm going to have a baby. And then she says, but it's okay because it's a child of God, right? Gentlemen, <laughs> do you feel like a gentleman at this moment? Right, because I don't. Because I'm not buying that story, I guarantee it. Right? Uh, and then he has a dream. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And Joseph has gotten a birth announcement on the child that's going to be called his child, right? Uh, even though it's not. He's, going to, he's gotten a birth announcement. This birth announcement, among other things, says, Call him Jesus, which means Savior, for he will save his people from their sins. Call him Savior because he's going to be Savior. You know, it's a common name. Jesus is, was essentially their form of what we would say Joshua. As common as Joshua is today, Jesus was then. It wasn't like he was the only kid running around with that name. Uh, but it, and they all had that meaning, but none had the reason for giving the name that he did. And so we find some theology in the name of Jesus. And so then we go to Mary, who gets the same message. Of course, has a little bit different take on it. She never doubted. She, she knew too much, right? 
Luke chapter uh, 1, verses 26 through 33. Now, in the sixth month, that would be the sixth month since John the Baptist's conception. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. Why, you know, she's saying, why are you calling me favored one? It's like, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just Mary. Uh, you know, Mary was, I'm sure Mary was an awesome girl. But for an angel to pop up and call you favored one? You know, that's the, that's the uh, you know, someone pops up, walks up and says, man, you're looking good today. Bet you're feeling good too. Okay, who feels like you're about to get hit up for something? <laughs> yeah. what, what is it you want me to do? Because I'm a little bit nervous, and Mary is confused about this statement. Uh, the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And the angel, man, talk about a birth announcement. And this makes a lot of sense because it's to the mother. <laughs> the mother gets a birth announcement too. Uh, it says, by the way, call him Jesus. He doesn't elaborate on it with her, but he says, call him Savior. Call him Jesus. He will be great. He will get the throne of David, meaning he will be the Messiah. Uh, he will reign forever. That will never end. Okay, and he's given, she's, she's given these things, this information about Jesus. And because it's recorded down, we get all this information about Jesus. We start recognizing how amazing it is, this God that we have. And so that's the, the I'm going to have a son. And the rest of them are after the child is born. So we're, st we're in Luke. So we're going to stay in Luke and turn one page to the right. If your Bible's like mine, it's one page to the right. To Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. And we have a birth announcement. The first birth announcement God gave after the child was born. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord, there's a busy angel that, that around there that, those days. <laughs> and an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. So they said, okay. <laughs> I don't think it was that easy. Uh, but for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. And uh, so we have the shepherds, and the shepherds get, get the message uh, of salvation. And they're told this baby is Savior. They're told this baby is Christ. And then they're told of all things, I mean, to you is born to this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the, Christ, they say Christ the Lord or Christ the King. And you go, wow. And he says, and you're going to find him in a manger. <laughs> you go, what? Whiplash. He's what? Now, the, I, I thought about this. It's, it's one of the little interesting tangents is, you know, we all think, whether we intend to or not, maybe I'm more guilty of this than others, we all think within the sphere of, of our own lives and lifestyles. And probably for shepherds, it was much easier to accept this child being laid in a, in a manger than, than for other, some other people. I don't know that that was actually all that uncommon. Maybe it was kind of a normal thing to do. 
I mean, you have this soft hay. <laughs> uh, you you presumably clean out the slobber <laughs> and, 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 and so on. You have this soft hay laid out, and, and it's the right size. You know, and, and maybe it wasn't all that uncommon. Maybe, maybe he, this is the only one ever done. I don't know. But, but I think for shepherds, maybe this was something easier to accept than the others. But you know, if, a, if a king is told to lie in the manger, that would be horrendous. But to a shepherd, it's like, oh, what a good idea. You know, that's very practical. Like, like the, you know, the, the drawer in a dresser, <laughs> you know, the baby fits perfect. Lots of nice cloths. You know, it's comfortable. Uh, just make sure the dresser's anchored. Uh, and, uh, and it's not a bad deal. But, but still to hear, Savior. Messiah, manger. And we find, we find the gloriousness of Christ and we find it contrasted with the humility of Christ. And, and both things so true. And, and then we have Simeon. Uh, it's because we're sticking in Luke for the minute. Simeon at the temple. Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 35. Simeon's an old geezer hanging around at the temple. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him into his arms and blessed God and said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, Right? What he said so far, he's just kind of proclaimed in the temple. But now I picture him quieting down, and he turns to Mary. He says, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and for a sign to be opposed, and a sword will pierce even your own soul, to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And, and so we have birth announcements. Once again, uh, some made to the mother. Okay, he, he, but Simeon proclaims a lot of things. He says, this baby is salvation. He says, he's revelation to the Gentiles, glory for Israel. And he says, he will be the cause of the rise and fall of many. Jesus is the stumbling block, or he is the cornerstone. We have that, right, in Isaiah. Uh, he is the, either the, sum, the cornerstone of everything, the foundation of everything, or he is the stumbling block which crushes those that it falls on. He will be the cause of the rise and fall of many. And he will be neutral to nobody. That's, that, that's not an option. Simeon proclaims all this. And then he says, great pain for Mary. The piercing of your own soul. You know, Mary was there when Jesus was crucified. Her son. She saw her son nailed to a cross, hung up, mocked, ridiculed, spit, stabbed and the blood and the water pouring out. She saw that. What did that do to her? Simeon proclaims all this. He's proclaiming, he's proclaiming publicly that Jesus is the hope of the world and the glory of Israel. But he pro proclaims privately that for some, he's going to be a cause of great pain. Uh, he's all these things. And then, and then we go to Anna, who's just next, and there's not a whole lot said about Anna, but she uh, got her print here. Um, 
Verse 36, and there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years and had lived with her husband 17 years after her marriage and then as a widow to the age of 84, as the way the New American Standard puts it, may have been 84 years after that, which would make her 101. Um, or more. Yeah, anyway, uh, at that very moment, she came up and began giving thanks to God and continued to speak to him of all those who were looking for the redemption of Israel. And so she spoke of the redemption of Israel, and we have the Redeemer. Jesus is the Redeemer. And, and a Redeemer is not merely someone who delivers you, but someone who pays a price to deliver you. And, and we find all this. And, and finally, our, our last uh, announcement here is... is uh, the Magi back in Matthew again, Matthew chapter 2. I'll read verses uh, 1 through 12. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, Where is he who had been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard of this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. I think Jerusalem was troubled because Herod was troubled, because Herod was bad news. And if he was happy, the world was happy. <laughs> and if he was not happy, the world was not happy. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They called Pastor Stephen. He said, it's in Micah, chapter 5, verse 2. <laughs> uh, they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went their way, and the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. <laughs> and having been warned in a dream by God not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. And, and, and we find the baby is king. We came to worship the king of the Jews. We saw his star in the east. We came to see this baby. Uh, he is the shepherd who will rule the people of Israel. And shepherd is such an awesome word compared to king because the king is supposed to be a shepherd, <laughs> you know, to care for his people. Uh, but he also often doesn't. And Herod was a terrific example of the opposite of what a king should be. Uh, and they rejoiced with exceeding great joy when they saw him, which is the only appropriate response. Because we're going to, to, to our question then, is, is uh, responding to the birth announcement. So you get a birth announcement in the mail. <laughs> Guys, does this sound right? Honey, do we know these people? <laughs> and she says, yes, that's so-and-so's daughter. Oh! Oh, well, she should have put her maiden name on this, <laughs> right? It's, I, I would have known, right? Good for them. They had a baby. I'm happy for them. Or in the Facebook era, social media, a social media Christmas. I knew that was going to come back to me. Google social media Christmas, and you'll see the whole thing. 
Oh, okay, Becca's way ahead of me because she's playing on her phone during the sermon. So. <laughs> okay, uh, so you repost and tell everybody you know. And, and your response depends on how important the baby is to you, right? Uh, God announced the birth of his son in a way that leaves no doubt how important this baby is, right? He, he didn't leave us room to, wiggle room about saying, yeah, you know, I'm glad they had a baby. A lot of people have babies. I'm not excited about it. Or, or uh, you know, it's your baby or your grandbaby. That's entirely different. Uh, but this one is the promised Messiah come to rule on the throne of David. This one is the sinless Savior of the world. This one is God himself come to earth for us. And we should, the, the, the Bible verse that should be just promoted to no end on Christmas is, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This baby demands a response. This baby demands a response. He, 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 he doesn't ask you to, God doesn't say, send gifts because my baby's cute. He's, he's not doing something like that. He's saying, trust my baby because he's growing up to save you from your sin. Worship my baby because he is God himself. Don't underestimate this baby. Don't, don't take this baby too lightly. Don't let this Christmas celebration get lost in something called the holidays, right? I'm not taking a shot at people saying happy holidays. You know, this is, it, it, it takes in Thanksgiving and Hanukkah and Christmas and New Year's. That's, you know, holidays does make sense. I don't need to, but, but I still, yeah, sorry, I'm going to say Merry Christmas. <laughs> uh, and and uh, don't, get, don't let Christmas get lost as just one of those holidays in that group. It's not just one of them. You know, this is, this is a, a, bunch of, a bunch of guys standing at five foot eight, which is God's perfect height for men. Uh, <laughs> only, only, only this guy is six foot eight, right? I, I, I tell you, I watch me TV. I watch a lot of gun smoke, love gun, gun smoke. Matt Dillon was the guy that played Matt Dillon. James Arnest was six foot eight. And I don't know how I missed that as a kid when I watched these. How intense. You watch it, I watch it. Everybody comes up to his shoulder. And, the, and I go, the people that come up to the shoulder, they're six foot tall. <laughs> they're all taller than me, coming up to his shoulder. It's like, you know, Jesus is not the average. Jesus is not a normal baby. He is far. And, and, and of course, comparing someone six foot eight to five foot eight is not enough, right? It's not enough to get this idea across. Don't underestimate this baby. What do you do when you get this birth announcement? What do you do when you see these? You respond like the Magi did and rejoice with exceeding great joy. You respond like the shepherds. Come and see this baby and spread the news. You respond like Simeon and rejoice because you have seen God's salvation. You respond like Hannah and announce the Redeemer. Right? We, we have all these things. Don't allow Christmas to go by without Christ. I'm not saying Christ in a manger at your house. Uh, I'm saying Christ in your heart. Trusting Christ, trusting Christ as your Savior. And if you have not done that, then you have absolutely missed everything God is saying about his son. God did not send his son into the world because he's cute. 
He sent his son into the world to save the world from sin. And make sure you don't miss that. Let's close in prayer. Father God, we rejoice in your salvation. We rejoice in the gift of Jesus Christ, God's own Son, as Savior of the world. We praise you for this baby born in the manger, this human being, Lord, this human born at a time and a place to a human mother, Lord, who is God Almighty, sinless and perfect, who died for us. We thank you for this gift. We receive your gift, and we trust you for salvation. In Jesus' name.